Do the Denver Broncos currently have a no-fly zone 2.0 on their roster heading to the 2021 NFL season? That's one question that one Broncos listener asked us on today's Twitter Tuesday episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Thank you so much for joining me once again to talk about the Denver Broncos on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the End Zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Director of Video Content at Pro Football Network and Broncos Analyst here for the Lockdown NFL Network and Nine News. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. Make sure you follow or subscribe to the show here on YouTube and not to mention your favorite audio podcasting platform, on-the-go action of the Denver Broncos every single day, all year long. Today's episode of the show is brought to you by our good friends over there, rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts of your car will ever need, rockauto.com. But ladies and gentlemen, hope you are all doing well on this Tuesday, all across Broncos country. What we have in store for you here today is Twitter Tuesday questions. Broncos fans sent in their questions ahead of training camp. We are just one week away, folks, and the UCL Training Center, all 90 players on the field competition battles all across the board. Broncos country, they're excited to be back on the berm in Dove Valley, but not to mention we're one step closer to Broncos football from occurring. So let's start things off on today's Twitter Tuesday episode, Locked On Broncos. Starting our first question off with Dylan at Farron, Tames Lion, which low draft pick, undrafted player, do you think has the best chance to find a role as either a starter or a sub, not just to make the roster? It seems like there's always one each year that shocks us and comes out of nowhere, like Malik Reach, Kill Barrett, Philip Lindsay. C.J. Anderson, Chris Harris Jr. Uh, you know, Dylan, this is a great question, and we asked this last year, too. We were wondering who was going to be that undrafted rookie free agent, and I think prior to anything ever happening, I think a lot of Broncos fans, they talked about Kendall Hinton. I talked about Zamari Manning last year, and obviously that didn't happen. Uh, you know, Kendall Hinton was released, but obviously we know his story. He came back on the Broncos practice squad, stepped in in a regular season game at quarterback, and now is, has a chance to make the roster this year. Last year's undrafted rookie free agent sensation, it was the same Bassey who really, I thought, played really well for the Broncos. He got thrown into the season a little bit early. He did all right for the most part. He struggled against the New York Jets, and then he had to find his footing underneath him once again. Vic Fangio, Ed Donatel, they gave him enough trust to get back onto the football field. And towards the end of the season, he was playing really well before he tore his ACL against the Kansas City Chiefs in a non-contact ACL injury. He is on track. He should be eased into training camp this upcoming week at the UC Health Training Center, but he is expected to be ready for the season to start. So I expect to see a little bit more Basti on special teams, maybe in the defensive rotation. Uh, P.J. Locks, also another one of those players. Now this year, I'm not quite sure. Keep an eye on Curtis Robinson, inside linebacker out of Stanford as maybe that next undrafted rookie gem that the Denver Broncos may find this upcoming season. He may not play a role on defense. I mean, it's always possible. You never know in this day and age. Some guy could rise up really quickly, but uh, we could see him on special teams. So keep an eye on Curtis Robinson, inside linebacker out of Stanford, who was picked up this year after the NFL draft. So thank you, Dylan, for your question. EHDLO says, given slow starts under Vic Fangio, what changes, if any, do you anticipate in training camp? Do you expect to see more physicality, end-of-game awareness? Player and coaches need to improve how to not lose a game with a late lead. This is a great point, right? Because I think the common knock on Vic Fangio is that his teams, the last couple of years, 
for the Broncos, they've gotten off to slow starts. And at the midpoint of the season, towards the end, they start to build up a little bit momentum, right? So having a really good start in September would be ideal. And then carrying out that momentum through the middle of the season, towards the end of the season, is going to be crucial. Now, obviously, 17 NFL regular season games, that is a tough obstacle in and of itself. But Here's my thought process on this. Given the slow starts, raising the level of physicality in practice isn't going to get you there. Uh, you're going to create a little bit more wear and tear. You're going to burn guys out before anything. And actually, the last two seasons, Broncos players, they were not very happy, some of them, with how physical or how long the practices would go at the beginning of training camp. And that's where the NFL has come in, the NFL PA, and they've negotiated during the CBA. So you're really only allowed a certain amount of physical contact hours per week, according to the NFL and the new CBA agreement that the NFL, the NFL PA had signed. So physicality is not going to really do it. I think it's just about being smarter. Now, at the end of the day, when it boils down to it, when you're in a football game, you're going to get the call from the coach. But what matters is the execution, and that goes back to the week in practice. In practice, have you been preparing for maybe a potential new play call? Have you been preparing for a certain coverage or alignment versus a different formation? How do you adjust when a team throws a formation at you that you haven't seen at all on film, you never got to practice against? A lot of times you revert back to a base call. When in doubt, you're going to check out. And so I think for the Broncos here, it's really boiling down to execution. Yes, Vic Fangio, in my opinion, he can get better with the time time management stuff. And I think that the Broncos this year, I'll be intrigued to see what they have done to maybe rectify that a little bit coming into this year. Maybe they have somebody up in the box, a designated person, but Vic Fangio has not yet ruled out that he may hand play calling duties off to Ed Donatel so he can focus a little bit more on the whole spectrum of the game from the offensive side of the ball, defense, special teams. Now for he, he's not going to call offensive plays. He's not going to call special teams. He's going to tell Tom McMahon, Hey, let's go for it here. Hey, We'll do a fake punt or Tom McMahon say, hey, coach, you know, can we kick a field goal here? This is in McManus range. Vic Fangio has the ultimate say in whether or not they do that. The offensive side of the ball, Vic will feed his input as to saying, hey, you know, it's second and one here. They're cheating too far on the outside. Let's try to run it on the inside a little bit. Those are the suggestions that Vic makes. And he's got the ultimate say at the end of the day, whether the Broncos go for it on fourth down whether they kick a field goal or whether they punt it away. So I think that everybody can improve position coaches, coordinators, Vic Fangio and the players, but it really all boils down to execution and our players focused on their assignment. How do they adjust? Are they prepared? Are they locked in? I mean, there's all these questions I could go in depth, but we're never going to have a definitive answer on that. But that is a great question, my friend. Thank you so much. E-H-D-L-O on Twitter. Our next one comes in from Gabriel. He says, is this secondary up to par with the no-fly zone back in 2015 to 2016? Now, this has been a talking point, I think, amongst Broncos fans. And I think that it's a fair point when you look at all the talent that the Broncos have in the secondary. They have more talent. They have more depth, I think, than they have ever had, even dating back to the 2015 season. In the 2015 season, you had Aqib Tlaib. You had Chris Harris Jr. You had Bradley Roby. And then you had TJ Ward, Darian Stewart. The Broncos here, they have so many cornerbacks. You have Patrick Sertan. You have Ronald Darby, Kyle Fuller, Bryce Callahan. You have Michael Ojemudi, Sang Bass. You have talent in that, in that five to six range for the Broncos. And then you also have in the safety side. You have Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson. You have a, a promising young safety in P.J. Locke. You have Caden Stearns, Jamar Johnson. Denver has more depth right now at the defensive back position than they've ever had. So I do think that they do have on paper right now, they have the potential to do that. But how can they actually become a no-fly zone 2.0? Well, the pass rush for the Broncos has to be there. Bradley Chubb and Von Miller, the defensive lineman, Shelby Harris, Draymond Jones, Mike Purcell, the linebackers, they have to generate pressure. They have to create it to where the quarterbacks are rushing to get the ball out of their hands. That creates opportunities for the DBs to be able to jump routes and read and analyze and make plays to generate more takeaways. That's going to be one factor. Now, 
Can the Broncos also, when they do take the ball away, can they score? Can they recover fumbles for touchdowns like the Broncos did in 2015? Can they get the amount of pick sixes that we saw? Guys like Chris Harris Jr. had one. Aqib Tlaib had a couple in that 2015 season. Bradley Roby had a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Can the Broncos capitalize and become one of the number one scoring defenses in the NFL. Now, for the last two years, Denver's been the number one red zone defense all across the board of the National Football League. Can they carry that into this year? I think they have a great opportunity to do so, but they need to improve in the other areas. On paper, maybe, but it has to come with the production. The Broncos have to be shutting down opponents the way that they were doing in 2015, in my opinion, in order to have a no-fly zone 2.0. That's a great question, Gabriel. And Broncos Country, we're going to get to the rest of the amazing questions that Broncos Country sent in coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, I have to tell you about one of the sponsors of today's episode of the show is we pay the bills, and that's our good friends over there, betonline.ag. And BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. With football season approaching, you can catch all the action at BetOnline. You get all the latest news odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, and all of your UFC and MMA action. You don't have to sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as the NFL preseason approaches us in just three weeks' time. You have the Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Hall of Fame game, and BetOnline has you covered with all the action. So head to the website right now or on your mobile device and sign up today. And when you do so, use promo code LOCK15. You're going to get 50% Welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCK15. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Our good friend Dallas Jeter kicks off the second half action here on Lockdown Broncos Twitter Tuesday, where we answer Broncos Country's questions every Tuesday here on the podcast. So if you ever have a question you want to ask me that you want answered here on the show, just send me a tweet on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL at Lockdown Broncos with your question. I'll be happy to answer it as well. So Broncos Country getting into Dallas's question here. He says, hey, Cody, here's my question. If this roster is as talented as many have suggested, how well does the quarterback have to play to earn a wild card spot? You know, this is a great question, Dallas. And the reason I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into this, we, we've talked about this, right? And I think if we look in comparison in years past, the NFL game evolves every single year. Now, a few years ago, after the Broncos won the Super Bowl with that Super Bowl 50 winning defense and a Peyton Manning that wasn't as Peyton Manning-esque as he used to be in terms of his arm talent, the cerebral part was still there, but the physical traits were not for Peyton. We saw the Broncos win a Super Bowl with their defense alone. And we thought to ourselves, and I'm guilty of this too, and I'm a big reason probably why this was this had become the thought process and the notion amongst Broncos fans was the fact that I said, hey, look, the Broncos, all they need is somebody is to manage the game at quarterback and protect the football. I don't think that's necessarily true anymore. Yes, you have to have a great defense, but you have to have a great offense now. The NFL has expanded with all of the rules that you have to have somebody at the quarterback position that can put up points. And if you've got a guy that's not being able to put up points, march the offense downfield and convert in the red zone, you have a problem. And that's been the case for the Broncos the last few seasons. And a lot of it is really hinging on Drew Locke being able to take that next step here in 2021. Can he do that? There's optimism that he could, but he's running out of time. And Teddy Bridgewater is nipping at his heels here in 2021. So I think to answer your question, I think that quarterback has to play well. I mean, from the standpoint of touchdown to interception ratio, Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, whoever it may be, be I may even play quarterback this year for the Broncos but if I am I have to have a better touchdown to interception ratio and I have to find ways to convert in the red zone I have to increase that percentage because when I look back at the Broncos offense last year bottom ranked and the bottom 10 in almost every major statistical offensive category last season 
that will not get it done. You have a defense uh, theoretically on paper and a very talented roster that should not be underperforming on the offensive side of the ball the way that it has. So a lot of the pressure is on Pat Shermer and the quarterback this year, I think more so than Vic Fangio. So I don't think that, uh, you know, I think the quarterback has to play really well in order to get a wild card spot for the Broncos period here in 2021 and beyond. Auden Diaz says in the past Fangio's defenses, they took two to three years to develop into powerhouses like the 49ers of 2013 and the Bears of 2018. Do you see the Broncos defense going that same direction this season? You know, Auden, I think it would be very hard to argue at this point in time that it, it won't happen. I think that I would be very shocked. I mean, earth shatteringly shocked, like somebody come up right now in this film, punch me in the face, shocked if the Broncos defense wasn't one of the best defenses in football here in 2021. And that's just based on the theoretical standpoint of what we've seen Vic Fangio's defenses do historically, what we've seen the Broncos offense improve on in Vic Fangio's two seasons as head coach. And with the talent and the additions that they've made around them, bringing back guys and signing them, if guys can stay healthy, there is no question in my mind that this defense can't be one of the top in the NFL. Now they have to go out there, they have to play, they have to execute their assignments to be able to do that. But this could be a really big year for Vic Fangio and this Broncos defense. And I'm telling you, as we see the offensive game evolve to this past happy attack, the Broncos defense, I think their formula, their scheme is best suited to stop this high-octane offensive look that you see from many teams across the NFL. Great question, my friend. And then we got Thomas Calderon. He says, how's the offensive line? You know, right now it's up in question out at the right tackle position. But outside of that, you got right guard centers a little bit up in the air because there will be a position camp competition there between Quinn Miners and Lloyd Cushingberry. Left guard solidified with Dalton Reisner and Garrett Bulls, obviously there at left tackle. If these guys can stay healthy, I think the offensive line will be much better here in 2021. Thank you, Thomas, for your question. As we continue on on today's episode, Locked On Broncos, a little bit deeper on here as we're going to go down to Jolene. And she asked the question, which position battles look to be the most fun? Now, I would be uh, remiss if I didn't mention cornerback, right? The defensive side of the ball, not quarterback. Quarterback's going to have its focus. That's going to be the primary talking point of Broncos camp next week. But for me, I think cornerback safety, looking at the rotation right behind Justin Sims, Kareem Jackson, who is that third safety going to be? Yesterday's episode Lockdown Broncos, we had P.J. Locke on, and we talked about what he's been doing and why he's in a position to maybe win that third spot in the Broncos' defensive rotation, specifically at the safety position. He's a very promising young talent. Outside of that, you look at the writing on the wall at cornerback. You have so much competition, so much depth there. Do you really have a competition? Do you designate who's going to do what? Or does Vic Fangio look at the wide variety of talents and the abilities that these players have and create matchup situations against other teams based on who they're going to face. I think that probably will be a little bit more realistic to what we see with the Broncos this year, rather than this guy competing for cornerback one, cornerback two. I think that the Broncos have a very, very talented cornerback group. I think you have three or four guys there who could be cornerback twos or cornerback ones for other teams around the NFL. So um, that would be a fun one to watch. So I've also got my eye on the tight end position, tight end three, and also that inside linebacker position behind Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewell. So there's a lot of fun training camp competitions. And if I'm able to be up there, the optimism is that I'm there, I'm fully vaccinated. Just waiting on the final approval process. I'll be happy to bring that coverage to all of you here, Lockdown Broncos. So thank you for your question, Jolene. And Nick is up next. He says, what will the wide receiver situation look like this year? Will it be Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and KJ Handler, or will Patrick slide in in place of Handler? You know, Nick, I think this is a question that many Broncos fans have, and I think there's a lot of ambiguity because I think we all far too often get caught up in wide receiver one, wide receiver two, wide receiver three. The reality is same as the quarterback situation. The Broncos 
They have a lot of depth at wide receiver. I think Cortland Sutton obviously is wide receiver one for the organization. Jerry Judy by stature will be wide receiver two, but these players are not just linked to just playing on the outside and staying there. Cortland Sutton, you'll see him work inside inside the slot from time to time. Jerry Judy on the outside. You'll see Tim Patrick in the slot from time to time. You'll see KJ Hamler on the outside from time to time. The Broncos have a plan to rotate a lot of these wide receivers this year, specifically as Cortland Sutton's coming off of an ACL. You don't want to put too much wear and tear on a guy coming back. However, if you have a talented room like the Broncos do, you want to be able to get all these guys on the field because one week teams may focus to take away Cortland, and then the next week you're going to have to figure out how to stop him because some teams are going to be exposed defensively by guys like K.J. Hamler, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, Tyree Cleveland, potentially Seth Williams. I mean, the Broncos list goes on and on as to all the threats that they have. So that's how I think the wide receiver room will play out this year, Nick, and I think that's a great question, my friend. Broncos country, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to conclude our episode Lockdown Broncos today. We have a lot of questions we have to get to, and we're going to get to that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, I have to tell you about the other sponsor of today's episode of the show. That's a good friends over there, rockauto.com. And ladies and gentlemen, if you need anything for your car, rockauto.com has everything that you could be looking for, whether it's engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil. They have everything, rockauto.com, at home or in your pockets. Ladies and gentlemen, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for local chain auto stores to have all the parts that you need for your vehicle when something goes wrong or if you need something. And sometimes you'll often endure pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning from the counterman while he or she orders the parts that their warehouse only happens to carry. You don't have to run into that issue with rockauto.com. And you can save time and money with rockauto.com. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a warehouse. RockAuto.com has everything and all the prices are reliably low, whether you're a professional or a do-it-yourselfer. So right now, I want you to go explore their easy-to-use website and their easy-to-use catalog where you can look at parts for your vehicle based on year, make, model. You can choose the brand specifications and even the prices that you prefer by going to RockAuto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Lockdown Broncos in there. How did you hear about us, Box, so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts of your car, whatever need, rockauto.com. Jumping into the fourth quarter action of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, we have a ton of amazing questions remaining, and I'm going to get to them all here. Howard T1228 says, when is Aaron Rodgers coming? Well, you know what, Howard, if you're going to be waiting for the phone for Aaron Rodgers to come, you're going to be waiting for a long time, my friend, because it's not going to happen this year unless it's at the trade deadline or at the end of the 2021 NFL season. Training camp starts next week. The Packers have no intentions of dealing him, and I would be very shocked if that were the case. He may sit out this upcoming season, but he would be slated to lose around 30 $35 million. I don't think that he's going to do that. I think we see him back in Green Bay. And then after 2021, I think he'll be available. And I think that the Broncos revisit that conversation then. At last underscore shift, Pete says, who do you think is the key player on defense this year? He says, my money is on Draymond Jones. That's one that I've mentioned so many times here in the pod, Pete. I think you can't go wrong with that selection there. But to go against the grain a little bit, I'm going to say Justin Simmons. I think for him, he's going to be able to play so free and so loose this year, knowing that the Broncos have healthy cornerback depth and they have talent from cornerback one to cornerback five. Denver has solid guys that if one of those guys goes down, you don't have to worry too much. So Justin Simmons can be that key focus guy where he can just roam 
have fun, and do what he does best, which is be a ball hawk and come up and help against the run. I think Justin Simmons is going to be in line for a career year. Once again, back-to-back career high seasons for Justin Simmons. That's my projection here in 2021. That's a great question, my friend. Darius Wilkins says, Will Sutton and Albert Oakwaven on B100% ready to go for training camp? This is a great question, Darius. Now, Corlin Sutton and Albert Oakwaven, according to Broncos head coach Vic Fangio, he told us back in June that the Broncos plan, even though he expects those guys to be fully ready, He's going to ease them in. He's not going to throw them into the full-on physical part just yet. Go through the team period, maybe have a couple of limited reps here and there. And one thing I saw, too, when I went to Broncos camp and Vic Fangio's first year as head coach, Emmanuel Sanders was coming off of an Achilles. He did team drills, and then he had a couple of reps in the 7-on-7 and 11-on-11 period, but nothing too much. That's my expectation for Cortland Sutton and Albert Oak Way, but I'm here at training camp beginning next week at the UC Health Training Center. Thank you for your question. Zach Seegers is up next. He says, Fangio loves using extra safeties like Will Parks, and they invested a good bit at safety in this year's draft, but they also invested a lot of cornerback. How much do you expect us to see those third and fourth safeties on defense considering how loaded the cornerback room is and that you can have only so many that play DB? This is a great question, Zach, because you have the nickel package where you're going to have five DBs on the field. The dime, you're going to have six. I mean, you really could maybe even go with, a you know, we call it an eight-man package there where you maybe take an additional offensive lineman where you take the inside linebackers out completely and you have eight or seven to eight defensive backs. It doesn't make sense, though. We rarely would ever, ever see this in the NFL. Specifically, if I'm an offensive coordinator, I see a package like that. I'm saying, all right, inside zone. I'm running it because you don't have enough guys to stop the run there. It would be a strictly passing package. So maybe if the Broncos are ever in a situation where it was third and 20, third and 15, and you needed a stop late in the game, we could see an all-intensive purpose package of a DB package where everybody's on the field. Now, how many of it could be corners and safeties? I think it's what you're asking a lot of these players, what are they comfortable with? Now, for safeties, guys like P.J. Locke, P.J. told us he could play corner, he could play safety, he could play inside. He's confident. He knows those positions inside and out for the Broncos' defense in accordance to Vic's playbook. I just think it depends on who's got the hot hand and who's up on the depth chart, and then the Broncos will play around with things as they go. But obviously, a lot of these players will be playing on special teams as well. But I wouldn't expect to see the Broncos get too complicated with this, Zach. I would be shocked if we've seen any packages above six in the dime package. I think if we saw seven DBs on the field, things would be a little crazy. But the Broncos, they have the luxury of being able to do it if they wanted to. But just for right now, you have to figure out who who are you taking off the field and where are you putting it and how might the opposing offense attack that because it comes a little bit of a vulnerability specifically against the run. So we'll have to monitor that. It's a great question there. Randall Pink is up next. He says, what type of defensive packages do you think that the Broncos will use? It is a very deep depth chart and it can form hybrid units as well, which would be fun for Vic Fangio. Kind of going back to what Zach has said there, I think we're going to see a lot of nickel and dime packages for the Broncos this year. I think you can see a lot of different rotations. You can maybe bump a guy out if you want a pass rush package. I mean, the Broncos could get really creative with what they decide to do. How do you get Malik Reed, Bradley Chubb, Von Miller on the field at the same time? Well, if you go with a certain package and you take one of those defensive lineman now let's say you bump Bradley Chubb down to defensive end you have Malik Reed on the outside Von Miller on the outside and then you have Bradley Chubb and maybe Shelby Harris as your two down linemen and then you have one linebacker and the rest of your corners the Broncos have an opportunity to maybe get after the quarterback create a little bit of pressure there if, especially in an empty situation try to get the ball out of his hands quickly but you have the cover guys to match up on the back end 
Vic's going to be able to play around with things. Now, obviously, we're going to see some of these looks in training camp. And us as media, we are not permitted to report. We're not allowed to report what what certain packages are being run, who's running with what packages. We can't really report on those type of things in terms of the detail. We're not going to see too much of what the Broncos plan to do on the defensive side of the ball in the preseason as to the flexibility of their packages because you don't want to give away any kind of film to your opponents in the preseason. You don't want to give them an advantage. You want to run a lot of your base stuff and get good at your base stuff in the preseason and then wrinkle things in once you get to the regular season. The Broncos are going to practice it in training camp and throughout the preseason, but you're never going to see it until the regular season comes out for the Broncos here. So, Randall, that is a great question, my friend. Thank you so much. And then Marcus Box says, riddle me this. Why are you so cool? Well, you know, I have to run my AC all day at high, and I still don't get cool enough. It's so hot right now in Colorado. Uh, but Broncos Country, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the show. Your interaction means a lot to me. I want to really build a tight-knit community here with Broncos fans where we aren't toxic. I think that for the biggest thing, the frustration for me as a media member I see that the Broncos have all these things going on for them, some exciting things, some things they need to improve on, but it seems like the fan base at any point can be divided. I don't want our community here on Lockdown Broncos to ever feel like it's divisive. I want this to be welcoming to both sides where we can all have respectful conversation. You fans can talk it out. I'll be the mediator as somebody who is an analyst who works in the media world, and then you guys, we can all join in on a discussion together. I want this to be a family-like atmosphere where you get daily objective Broncos news coverage and topics. You get player interviews here as well, reactions to press conferences, game recaps after the game concludes, and you get that all here. Lockdown Broncos. With that said, that will conclude today's episode of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to play a little bit of an interesting game this week as the NHL, they're looking at expansion. The Seattle Kraken is a team that's forming and I asked Broncos country, we're going to talk about this on tomorrow's episode of the show, which 11 players would you put on your designated protected list if there were ever an NFL expansion draft with a new franchise coming in? Who would you protect? On the, and You can only choose 11 players. Who would you choose to protect? We break it down on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Broncos. But with that said, I'm Cody Rourke, host of the show, Broncos country. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Don't forget to like the video and comment. And make sure you follow along on your favorite audio podcasting platform. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show.